Welcome to the Animal Welfare Junction. This is your host, Dr. G, and our music is written and produced by Mike Sullivan. We have an awesome guest today from Don't Fuck Up the Crime Scene. We have Kevin Hurst. Welcome, Kevin. Thank you for being here. Hey, what up, Dr. G? What's up? Thank you so much for joining me. I'm so pumped up that you're here. Oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's, it's like I just saw you, but it's okay. I know, right? <laughs> so I was, I had the honor of being a, a guest at his podcast, so now he is paying it back and being yes. a guest on my podcast. So how about yes. you tell our, our listeners who you are, what you do, and what brought you to where you're at? Okay, so I'm Katie Hurst, uh, senior. I have a son with the same name. He's a medical examiner, uh, uh, death investigator that separates us a little bit. I've been doing animal control to 1994, animal cruelty, humane law enforcement investigation, um, adjunct professor at the University of Missouri Extension Office. And I currently right now still do some animal uh, control work and I have my own podcast and a subject matter expert and I travel around teaching the craft. That's awesome. So what what led you to be an animal investigator, animal cruelty investigator? So uh, back in 1994, um, I got on um, back in Georgia in DeKalb County and I was ACO. Uh, of course, we all say we like dogs and what have you. And I was like, okay. And I was okay. I came from New York. So I had a different type of vibe, different type of hustle. And uh, the job came very easy to me. I had a awesome supervisor at the time uh, he believed in me and my boss said hey go out there and handle business and I started presentations stuff like that so the job came very easy to me for us talking to people and capturing animals stuff like that and then uh, I got promoted uh one two five times uh within uh, 26 years and it just broadened my horizons to go out there and help uh uh people with the animals as far as problems and prosecute animal cruelty cases. I love animal cruelty cases. I love um, dangerous animals and bite investigations. Love it. Awesome. So what made you want to create this podcast? Um, so don't fuck up the crime scene comes to uh, mind because a lot of us get into a low and we do things routinely and we mess up. Either you do not know how to do it you get laxed on doing it or you rush to do it. So, uh, and we don't know, sorry, sorry. For as cases, you never want to mess the crime scene up, okay? Because when you go to court and you have a decent uh, defense attorney, they can poke holes all in your case, okay? Uh, just, I mean, a lay person can mess, I mean, just mess you up. So when you go out there, I'm a big scripter. I have a, a checklist. I go out there. I take my time. Animal cruelty, less like a, a death investigation, take your time. There's no rush. A lot of us rush through it uh, because we have pending calls. And animal control, animal um, uh, cruelty investigators, there's a difference. It's almost like a, a plainclothes cop, a beat cop versus a detective. Uh, a plainclothes cop that beat um, anywhere from uh, ACO, they go and it's a whole bunch of calls. When you have a detective, they slow it down and methodically work through the case. You know what I'm saying? Same thing with the ACI. We we take our time. So it's a difference. Training a little bit, but able to have time to um, view and see the case and work through it. That's awesome because I have worked with some, some ACOs that prepare cases really well. And then 
I mean, we're dealing with animals, right? So there's a lot of emotion involved. So sometimes people get into the situation, get into the crime scene, they see the animal and then they want to help and they want to help so fast that they don't pay attention to what's going on and collecting evidence. Uh, a case that I can think of is a dog that was inside of a trailer home and, and the dog was already dead. So there was no reason to bust in, but they were concerned about the temperature inside of the trailer home and they didn't take the temperature inside, right? So then after, after the fact, it's like, could, this, could the temperature have aggravated the, the situation? Well, we don't know because we don't know what the temperature was because they just wanted to get in there. Uh, pictures are taken, they're blurry, they're not, they're not okay. Um, or you know, things are moved and then we can't go back to, to get them. So do you have, do you offer like training? Do you offer assistance? Do you offer so, ways for so, ACOs to get better? So the thing is like, I had a great mentor, uh, um, Dr. Melinda Merck, you should know her. Yes. Um, yeah, I do. Um, She's awesome. You know, and then I had, uh, Dr. Charlotte Robinson. Um, and I have so many vets in my life who said, okay, um, this is what I need. And this is what you, I, I need you to give me. Okay. So at that point, I'm like, okay, I need to kind of get the evidence so say you have an animal in a hot car um unless the animal is showing distress visibly you can hear it you can see it you need to take all the time you can and all the evidence you can before you break into the car and a lot of people are like no it's fluffy's dying woosah woosah slow it down woosah slow it down for y'all don't know woosah means pulling your ears um i think it was bad boys one Woosah, slow it down and do not trip. Okay. You go over there, and I, I, I say this in some of my classes. And um, if you want to go to one of my classes, it's Big Time Speakers LLC. If you want to go to uh, Animal Cruelty Investigation School, it's on uh, Law Enforcement Training Institute, that's LETI. Um, and we teach uh, level uh, one, two, and three on there. And for as me, I just do uh, in service training. Okay. But when you see the vehicle out there, you're like, okay, all right. It's usually a Kroger. It's usually a Walmart. It's usually, you know, something like that. So first thing you do is shout out whose car is this? Because you shout out to have witnesses. You want witnesses to see you shouting out. You're identifying, you're announcing, stuff like that. Two or three times, real loud. But before you even go to the call, uh, you should say, okay, where if you if 911 calls, you'll say, okay, what is it? Okay, no, where is it at? Okay, okay. Call the store is in front of Walmart. Call them. And let them know, hey, I have such and such a car, such and such a tag. Um, can you make an announcement to get the dog out of there? So sometimes you can mitigate this before you even get there. Okay. The person come out, the dog's gone. Okay. So you get there, you see the halo effects. Everybody's like this. You know, the dog's right here. Like, wow, I can see. Like, I'm, I'm I'm blind. Okay. I'm got the Ray Charles. Okay. I see it. Right. So I walk over here. I'm like, okay. Big thing with ACOs and ACIs. Block out the crowd, woosah on the noise because they're going to be telling you woosah and see if the animal's in distress. Because we have electric cars, they don't make any sound, okay? The animal can be fine inside the car with air conditioning on. You don't know, so be careful, okay? And the thing is, if the animal's in distress and everything, you have a choice. How do you go about it? You need to say fluffy, and we call exigent circumstances, yes, okay? You go in there, uh, is it time to take a picture? Maybe not. But if you can, slow it down, take a picture when you're coming up, and there's three levels of pictures when you're taking. Overview, mid-range, close-up. Take the picture, okay, what's going on? As if the animal's not in distress. If the animal's in distress, chop, chop. 
Okay, uh, pick a side window, not front, not back. Use the aspiton, break the window. You don't care about the car, you care about the animal. Okay, you're protected under law because you're excellent circumstances, you can go inside. And then after that, get the animal out. And then it depends on how much you want to, what do you want to give them? Me, if it's 12 ounces, I give 12 ounces. If it's 16 ounces, I give 16 ounces. I give, I give everything. Okay. And after that, I pull the animal out if it's in distress. If it's not, if it's not, if it's heavy pants, just like that, I have time, we go and document everything. Hopefully, I have a body cam on. Body cam sees the whole thing. Then I'll take pictures. Again, overview, mid-range close-up. I take a picture of the animal, take a picture of the car. I try to run the tag, all that good stuff. And if I have an um, um, uh, uh, infrared th um, thermal gun, you want to shoot inside the car, not reflective, okay? Because you can't get a reading on that. Inside the car, right? you like this. Okay, you got that. You take a picture of that. Hit the dog. Take a picture of that. You see what the zip code is, all right? Uh, AccuWeather, you get the temperature of the zip code of the ambient temperature outside. So that's three temperatures. And after that, you're gonna make your way through the car. Do you, is it unlocked? Check and see if it's unlocked, okay? Be careful slim jimming um, the car because you can damage the car after that. It's easier just to break the window. Side, not front or back. You get fluffy out, you see what's going on, tie them down. If you lay them on, on the concrete, you're good to go. If you can, rectal uh, thermometer, so you have four, you have four temperatures at that time, okay? So you get all the information like that. You call somebody else to come take the animal to the vet because you want to stay with the crime scene because this is a crime scene, okay? You, say, you send the animal to a vet and you wait for the person to come out. Now, they're going to be hot, doc. They're going to be hot. They're like this. Oh, my God. What can you do? You, you took my dog. You broke my car. I'm like, yeah, uh-huh. And your name is sir, all right? Me, it's just what it is, doc. Uh, need right. license registration. Give me stuff like that, and we go for it. I digress. Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, no, yeah, no. That that's cool because yeah, it's the you know everybody gets so caught up into the emotion of the animal, and everybody wants to get the animal out and then deal with the with the scene, and that's just not not how it goes. Oh, and then it just makes it so much difficult for the prosecutor and everybody else to do their case. Like you can completely blow a case just by busting yeah. in too soon, right? You know, the thing is, I, I agree totally. The thing is like this. Um, so over time, five years, I say between one and five years, you get a lot of your emotions out the way because you never seen it before. But when it comes, becomes part of your OODA loop, all right? And that's the military term I always use. OODA loop is observe, orient, decide, and act, okay? You, you've seen it before, so you see it again, it's quicker. You see it again, it's quicker. So you use your experience and work like that. Like, okay, I know what to do because I've seen it before. And it's no different when you go on a scene. You're like this. Okay, I got this. And, but the only thing is, it slows down to you. Everything slows down. And as far as crimes like that, there's no reason to rush if there's not exigent circumstances. There's no reason to rush. Take your time because sometimes, what, what if you need a warrant? What if you don't have permission? What if you don't have consent? What if they rescind consent? These are all the things you have to worry about. And if you're not law enforcement, what's your quasi-law enforcement? Me, they say, get off the property. I got to leave. You feel me? So my yep. thing is, when I come out there, I want to establish who the owner is. Say we inside a house. They starving a the dog. Dog's a BCS between a one and three on a perina. I want to say, okay, I saw the dog from afar, took pictures because we have this thing called Zoom camera. Oh, my God. And I'm like, okay, um, all right, let me knock on the door. Now, once you knock on the door, you have to get permission from there forth. 
You just can't do what you want to. Okay. They come outside. I'm like this. Hey, I'm Officer Hurst. And uh, we had a complaint about a dog. Do you have a dog? Now, I know they have a dog because I just seen the damn dog. Okay. I said, do you have a dog? They said, well, yeah. Okay. Hey, we had a, he's kind of offensive like that. Is your dog a little thin or anything? They said, well, you know, now he's been feeling well. Okay. No problem. Um, let's go in the back and see what's going on. Now, if I start walking, they didn't stop me. They gave me implied consent. You understand? Okay. Yep. So I walk around or anything. I see Fluffy, BCS between one and three, aka he's a two. I'm like this. Okay. I see ribs, um, little spinal process going on or anything, angulations like that, hips and pins sticking out. I'm like, okay, he's a little underweight and everything. Well, how long? When's the last time you've been to a vet? Oh, it's been a minute. Okay. Now, can I use all that? Yes. And the thing is, this is me on a Perina. If it's a, a six to nine, can I charge them with cruelty for being obese? I can. Use it. Does it happen? No. A five and six ideal type of dog. But one and three, I'm like, okay, can I educate them? I don't know. Do I have to investigate them? Probably. Do I have to eliminate the problem? Absolutely. You feel me? So all yeah. I do is go back and say, okay, um, let me highlight you this. We got, we got a little problem here. Um, you, know, you know, A, do they want to part way with the animal? Uh, do they want to keep their animal? And then how many other animals do they have? You know what I'm saying? Because if you take one for animal cruelty, you got to take them all. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? So I, I digress. I'm sorry. I don't want to take over. Yeah, no, it's that's perfect. Because yeah, that's that's what I'm saying. Like it's it's a matter of taking the time. I was speaking with a prosecutor not too long ago about the the steps that you got to take and about how, for example, if you trespass, then you take you trespass, you take that animal, and then that animal, guess what, goes back to the guy or the lady or whoever. Right. So we're trying to help. And instead of helping, we're making problems worse. If there's an active investigation, you may have blown the investigation. So we got to be really careful about what we do. You know, the thing about you making contact and consent search seizure versus I just did a podcast. Well, whoa, hell, it was 12, 12. It was one of my, my earlier ones. Right. I did a solo between one and one and 13. It was just me talking. Have you done that one of those yet? I have not, but I heard yours. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I did. <laughs> and um, yeah, I, I know I'm a fool sometimes, but and it's hard, Doc. It's hard talking to yourself with like a tennis ball and stuff like that. Yep. You're like, okay, it's a little difficult. But sometimes you just have to say, okay, what are we doing here? And then uh, I'm about to do a few more solos, stuff like that. And like, like Dan, our our, our common uh, a friend, we go back and forth. We have healthy discourse okay which is good which is really yeah. good because you push the envelopes like this well i didn't see it that way which is good so you can write it down like when you was talking or anything i'm writing notes down and everything when you was talking when you was on my podcast when you go out there you want to resolve the problem but you need to educate them on what the problem or inform the problem what it is so it doesn't happen again right. because a lot of us want to go like this just uh, be done with the call and uh, some ACOs, not all, it's just quick, wham, bam, thank you, ma'am. They want to get in and done. What is, I don't want to come back. I don't want to come back. But what if I have to? Can I give them a resource packet? And they may say, what's a resource packet? A resource packet is, first of all, you can quantify it. It's a, a package of all the information you can give this person and they can go out and get it. You enable them to go out and get it. You need a better doghouse. You need this. You need that. You give them the information and you say, here, low course, neuter space. You know what I'm saying? You give it to them, right? But it's one packet. You say, here you go. Here's every damn thing, right? And um, 
and then a notice to comply. I want to give you a paycheck. That's two weeks. I want to give you two paychecks. That's four weeks. I'm going to help you to help me. If we have a problem, here's my number. Here's my number to call me. And another thing we don't get is email, right? So when you get information, aka you get their pedigree, get emails now. A lot of us don't get emails because sometimes that's the only way they can travel or talks like that. I try to get all the information and rapport. Build rapport. Don't come as an overseer and I'm authoritative, stuff like that. Rapport. Say, hey, I'm doing you a favor. Know what I mean? And um, I'm quick to speak slang. The, no, no. When I'm in the, when I'm out in the street, I speak slang like every other word. I'm like this. No dog. No, I, I'm straight in New York. Okay. So they'd be like, Yo, where you from? I'm sorry, I'm from Brooklyn, son. Where you, you know, kid. Know what I mean? We talk. So right. it's one of those things where you can like, All right, my man ain't trying to get me. I'm not trying to get you, but I need you to get this correct. If that makes sense. Yeah. No. Absolutely. It's it's a matter of going to a place. It's the difference between going to a person and presenting yourself as I'm here to help you and help your dog or I'm here to get you in trouble. So Dan and I talked about that. It's like, how do you approach places? How do you, you approach people that may come out defensively and say, like, why are you here? It's kind of how do you present yourself so that they understand why you're there? Uh, one of the one of the things that that I do is when when me and my staff, when we talk to people, we don't try to talk like we're so smart and, you know, medical terminology and all that stuff. We talk normal. Um, my facility, even when I was in practice, we wore T-shirts and scrub pants. Right. Mm -hmm. So I'm not wearing a lab coat. I'm going into a room and I'm presenting myself as a person. I'm a person that has an education to help your animal and to treat your animal. But I'm still a person. I'm not better than you. I just have different skills, different mm -hmm. skill sets. And it's and and to me, it's kind of the same. It's kind of relating to to people. So how do you approach? You know, if you go somewhere and somebody is already hyped up, concerned, it may be a different time. I I listened to one of your podcasts that you and your guests were talking about how to read the how to read the person, how to see how they learn, and see if right if they're a visual learner or an auditory learner, like you know, that's important. So how do you, how do you assess that, that information and how do you use that information to, to help the person that, that you're going to investigate? Okay. So when I go out and um, no matter what law enforcement, what agency says, uh, I don't stereotype, I don't, uh, uh, I don't um, look at people like that. Everybody does stop. So when you get out the vehicle in the first, I'm sorry, when you go into bluff, so, so, stop, stop. You go into the neighborhood, you on guard like, okay, what's up, right? You go on the block, you're like, what's up? You see the house, you're looking at the house, and no matter what, you're like this, okay, what's 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 happening? Okay, do I need to be on guard? Do I need to relax? It's natural instinct. So now I want to get out the vehicle and go like this, okay, what am I doing here? And is the animal out here? I see Big Will over here. I see a dog over here. I see a chain over here. I'm reading all this information before I even hit the door. Right. I'm like this. And back when I was in Atlanta, I'm sorry, in, in uh, um, Georgia, I would run the tags and cars right there. I would know so much information about you before I hit the door. And then it's um, two knocks and I'll go through them. It's a, um, introduction knocks. And it is a popo knock. It's a totally different knock. Depending on how you display your knock, it depends on how they're going to answer the door. You do a popo knock. They might not even come. Okay, or they'll yell, who is it? You are pop, 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 it's introduction. That means communication. You want to take it down. 
Me, I don't, first of all, I don't talk through doors and I don't yell ever, ever. Okay. Only time I'll yell, if you're coming, if you're coming at me, I will give you commands to step back and I will do it loud to create witnesses. That's it. Other than that, I'm so laid back and people have been out with me. I do ride alongs. I've, I've been to other counties, other states do ride alongs. They're like, damn, you, you smooth. I'm like, bruh, I've been doing it. Okay. <laughs> I get out hypothetically 85 to 9% with a leash with an O-ring. I don't even use a catch pole for the majority of most animals, majority, okay? Uh, some of them, cray cray. But when I go out there, I'm like this, okay. You assess the situation, you assess the, a level of threat. For me, for me, I'm like this, okay, all right. And then you, I'm seriously, you have to keep watch and see what's going on the whole time. Because as every law enforcement officer will say, I wanna make it back home. Everybody wanna make it back home, okay? Right. Everybody. So I'm like this. Okay. So when I go over there, I knock on the door, you move back, create distance because it's called a reactionary gap. And I'm like this. Okay. And if the door is coming out, they don't have a handle on the door, I hold the door. This might sound like simple stuff. I do all types of training where a lot of officers get bit by dogs because they don't hold the dog. They don't know which door, how the door opens, stuff like that. But when I meet somebody and they're already at 15, I need to take them down to about a seven or six for communication. So I'm like this. How do I do that? AKA verbal judo. Dan does uh, de-escalation. I do ver verbal judo. It's the same thing. Okay. I come out there and I give you 90 seconds. I actually give you 90 seconds to blow off steam. The more you yell at that, that sugar, your glucose going crazy. Your ass get tired. Right, I give you ninety seconds. If you stammer, stutter, mumber, or if you repeat, I say, "Hold up, hold up, my turn." I take over the conversation. I say, "Okay, hold up, I didn't cut you off, did I?" Well, no. Okay, my turn. Okay, okay, all right. We reach a point of respect, and now I'm trying to build rapport. I want to build a friendly rapport to understand. I was called. I don't know who called. I'm not going to say who called. I'm here because your animal is a problem, and we're going to see how we can fix that. It's about tone and delivery, your tone and how you deliver the message. And once you get that, oh, doc, when I say this shit easy, hold up, this shit easy, okay? <laughs> this is so easy, you're like this. And after that, you be dapping them up. Matter of fact, you got something to drink? Let me give me a Coke. And you start talking. I mean, I've been to, and this is cultural. You can go to it. Another thing I will tell you, a lot of officers, and I tell your listeners, if you go to a particular neighborhood and it's a particular uh, 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 ethnicity, learn the damn language because that's half of the battle right there, okay? Now, I speak hood Spanish. I'm getting better because I'm going to retire in South America or Central America, okay? Y'all can hate me, okay? <laughs> yeah, I'm leaving the United States. Hell with y'all. But I go over there I'm like this, you know, I'm there, I come in there like, you know, you know hola. And we saw, they were like this, they were like this. I'm like, this. they say, I was like, mm, poquito. they're like, oh, a little bit. I'm like, a right, little bit, we can go back and forth. And they're like, but, but Doc, it, 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 it mitigates all that. And now we're talking. And the other thing is, you go to a family where you can't speak to the wife, you got to speak to the husband. You have to know all these cultural cues, okay? If it's an Islamic family like that, or a Japanese family like that, or I mean, you can't wear shoes in. So I have you come out because I'm not taking my damn shoes off. So it's things you work out. You know what I'm saying? And when they're like, 
blah, 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 blah. I'm like this. I'm so calm. Now, if you'd have caught me 17 years ago, oh, no, Sith Lord, Sith Lord. I come out, but now, Doc, I'm like this. Okay, it's not that deep. Let's let's talk. And they're like this. It ain't that bad? I'm like, it ain't that bad. Let's talk. Let's work it out. Let's see what we can do. They're like this. I appreciate it. I appreciate you. Just like the, and people have been with me. I have people with, they're like this. How do you, I'm like, dude, it's just years of experience. Dan has been in Denver for many years. And I don't know if they're high. Um, I don't, I don't know. Is the altitude? <laughs> Both. <laughs> right. High times two. <laughs> so, you know, with this, I'm usually, I'm in the hood. Uh, right now, uh, I, I work in Maryland and, um, I, I, I'm in the hood. I'm in the country where um, people, they will flex their second amendment. Okay. They will, you know, and I'm like this. Okay. Okay. And I don't have any artillery on me. I'm like, uh, you got me. You got me. Okay. Uh, I like this. Can, can we put those down? Something like that. You're like, what you doing out here? Well, because your cows got out. He's like, okay. All right. Yeah. They can't get out, bro. All right. We, we talking. All right. Um, Hold up, hold up. Y'all cooking? Yeah, what y'all cooking? You, you understand, you start talking. Mm-hmm. If I see a flag, right? Uh, I see a, a, a cowboy flag and I can't stand the cowboys, okay? The Dallas Cowboys, they suck rhinoceros nuts, okay? <laughs> I was like, I'm like, are you a cowboy fan? He's like, I said, I'm a giant. He's like, oh, we start talking about that other than what the problem is. And then we'll ease back into the problem. And he'll be like this, man, you all right. I'm like, I try to be, but you a damn Dallas Cowboy. And we joke and get it done. You feel me? So yep. so many ways you can go at it without coming like authoritative. That makes sense? Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah, no, absolutely. And it's the same as, you know, as a veterinarian, I've always felt like I have social anxiety. I have a hard time wondering if I'm going to tell somebody something that's going to piss them off or upset them. So I was not, not scared, but kind of right. Like a little bit reluctant. And then I realized that that person is probably just as scared about what I'm going to tell them as I am of how they're going to react. And I learned from that and I took that in and it built me up. So I go into a place into a room, into dealing with a, whether it's an owner or being dealing with somebody that, that I'm concerned about animal abuse or anything like that, understanding that they're probably more afraid of me than I am of them. And I let that, you know, help me out. I, uh, several years ago, I dealt with a case where a juvenile assaulted a dog, sexually assaulted a dog. Mm-hmm. And the, the, you know, I, I was concerned about how is how are the parents going to react when I tell them your kid mm. just sexually molested this dog. Mm-hmm. But I went into the room and I was just straight up with the with the dad and I told him what was going on. And of course, he was at first he was like heartbroken and then he was pissed, just flat out pissed. He opens the door and he's like, "Can you can you explain to my son why you just told to me?" Because the kid was there, thirteen year old kid, mm-hmm. and he calls him and he's like yelling at him to to come in the room and kid sits down. And same thing, like, I know that that kid's more afraid of me than I am of him. So I, uh, I was not aggressive, like, you know, like, you don't fucked up. It was more like, <laughs> I know, you know, I know what you did. That's what the dad was telling him. Right, right, right. right. Um, so I said, I know what you did. 
So I just need you to tell me what you did it with. And then he told me and I, and then I told him, thank you. Right. I said, thank you for being honest. Thank you for telling me what happened. Now we can start working up. So there was communication. This kid had done something horrible mm-hmm. and yet we were having a communication and the parents understood that I clearly, I care about the dog because I'm taking care of the dog's health, but I care about their kids, their kids, mental health and overall health. So we got the police involved because it's a crime. Uh, but also because I wanted that kid to, to go get help, to go to children's hospital and get assistance. Um, so, so all that happened. So I understand from what you're saying, as far as reading the kind of reading the room, yes, reading the, being culturally competent, understanding where these people are coming from and then talking to them at their level so that they can understand what I have to say to them. And I can you know, I can't relate to them in that I don't understand what they're going through, but I have a 17 year old. So I know what I would feel like if my kid did that, I would be just destroyed and, and I'm so pissed off. So you know, I had, I had a case, um, few, few years back where, um, I was a supervisor coming in on one of my officers case and, um, everybody was about Sergeant, two other officers there and my officer, and they didn't know what, they didn't know how to deal with what they saw or what was alleged. And uh, I get on the scene and everything. And if you do this more than 15 years, you almost seen everything. You know what I mean, 10, almost five, not enough. But about 15 to 20 years, you've seen everything. So um, a sexual case where um, the kids were over at the, um, the mother's house. Primary uh, parent is the father. So they go over there. She's, um, say, a little loose, right? And they get into um, some of her toys. And um, she has a pit bull over there, uh, AKA what they call a pit bull. And they start using some of the um, her toys on the dog. And the dog um, turns around and bites one of the kids viciously, okay? So it's level three, almost a four bite on the Ian Dunbar scale. And... Um, you know, ambulance is called, everybody's called, stuff like that. And uh, all the officers on the scene, like they're shaking their head and stuff like that. They're like, yo, this is crazy. I've never seen stuff like this. I'm like, you know, my officer, my ACO is like, I'm like, what's, what's going on? I get in there. I, or, or it's nothing but sex toys. Okay. I'm like this, right? Lube and everything. And the dog, this is the first time I've seen this. The dog is in the corner in shock, like it's just been raped because it just was. But I never seen a dog shut down like that. I've never seen that before. So I, and it, that was odd for me. I was like, "What's going on?" And the dog was like, "It was just like, like that, like it was just been assaulted." And I was like, "Okay." And I seen what's going on. I was like, "That okay, okay." So I have a crime scene. So you have to process it like that. You have a victim, and I was like, "Okay." And you have to take each tag, each individual uh, 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 that might have been or not been. You take everything. You have to inventory everything. And now I have to go take the animal to the vet. We have to do examination. Now, this is one thing, me to you. Do you guys, um, and you, you've been out of vet school for a while. Do you guys learn about sexual assault, sexual crimes in school, or do you have to learn outside? You kind of have to learn outside. There's a veterinary forensics class that I actually was guest lecturer, but there's only like 20 kids out of 160 something, right? So 20 kids know how to deal with it or ha- have seen a lecture on it, but 140 kids have not. So so, so um, um, I've watched a few of my mentors 
you know, uh, uh, do a, you know, uh, anal exam, prof like that, you know, sexual assault exam, okay? I rape kid, okay? And I was like this. So um, am I a vet? By no means. So I had to do one? Uh-huh. So I get over there and, you know, we have a emergency veterinary thing. They never seen it. They never haven't taken the class like that, never seen it. So I said, okay, this is what you do. And they was like, okay. I said, bah, 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 bah. I videotaped the whole thing, okay? And um, they use a lot of lube. So there was no um, 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 tears, ruptures, nothing, vaginally or anal. There was nothing. So um, there was, uh, I mean, I, I had nothing there because they used so much lube. So we went up there like that. Now, a few things, because they, you know, they pushed down and a few things came out uh, uh, in um, the poop, plastic or whatever the dogs eat, stuff like that. But it was no tearing, no scarring, no no blood, no, no nothing, no tears, no rips, no nothing. So I was like this, okay. I know it happened, but I had nothing. So I was like, okay. Now the dog, it took the dog about, 48 hours to become normal again. Now, the thing is, and this is what we're talking, usually when an animal is trained or conditioned to do a sex act, you have to, you have to put them down. You have to use, use knives, okay? Because it becomes a danger to itself and somebody else. This dog here, it the dog was good to go. They signed the dog over, you know, dog act, you know, like that. But um, I just felt bad for the dog because I'd never seen a dog in shock like that. Um, and then we had to perform, you know, uh, 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 again, the examination in about, it took it about 48 hours. You know how you do a cat, you put a, a feral cat or somewhat feral, you put them inside a, a, a cage with a hideaway box. You come back 24, 36 hours, it's a different cat. That's how this was, you know? And I was like, okay. And then you have teenagers. So do you prosecute them? Very difficult because one's not going to tell on the other. And then the mother, that's another story. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, this is, and, and a lot of people know how to process it because when it comes to sexual assault or sexual, uh, anything on animals, nobody wants to do it, it's taboo. Nobody wants to report it and nobody wants to prosecute it. You know what I'm saying? You agree? Yeah, uh, yeah, I do. Um, I had a case forever ago that I had pictures, I have evidence, and the only thing that I didn't have was like proof of like semen or anything like that. And, mm -hmm. and that's one of the things that I've learned since then in my studies is how to get more evidence because mm -hmm. the pictures, the injury, the, the bruising, mm -hmm. none of that mattered because the people just said, I didn't do it. Mm -hmm. So then the prosecutor at that time say, well, they say they didn't do it. So they didn't do it. And my word was not enough. So, you know, um, so, so uh, my guys up in um, New York, um, the uh, animal cruelty squad up there. Um, I got and I have AG on a few times. He's a lieutenant. He runs squad, and I know all the guy. Everybody's retiring now. Very good investment because they, they all cops. They've been doing something like that, and they just took all their knowledge and went to animals. Phenomenal. Okay, and they uh, had a guy. He was um, having sex with a poodle, poodle or bichon, and he was putting the bichon um, on a um, iron board so he get the right height and uh, cranking his tail and just wearing it out, okay? They put a, uh, a pole camera on, uh, this is up in the Bronx, I think, and put a pole camera and watched him in the whole thing, okay? But again, oh no, they, they, they had him dead to right. He lifted his wife beater up and just went to work. And, um, you know, the dog was always like, you know, running from this guy, you know what I'm saying? And they found out, you know, the evidence like that and took him in. Hard to prove sometimes if you don't have eyewitness and if the animal doesn't, that evidence you know what i'm saying 
And a lot of people understand um, you give it about a day and everything, they can lick that evidence or swallow evidence and it's gone, you know? And it's, it's, it's different if, you know, I mean, you can, you know, do a forensic check, stuff like that and go up in there and see if there's any tearing or rupturing, stuff like that. But sometimes it's hard, you know? And matter of fact, um, are, have you been sworn in as an expert witness yet? Mm-mm. No, I have not. Um, it's coming. Don't worry. Don't yeah. worry. Don't worry. It's, you know, a few more cases, a few more cases. You'll be all right. Yeah, I know. I, I'm looking forward to it. I I mean, I want to I want to get up there and, and do something about it, right? Because that's why I, I got into forensics, because I like criminology and I like veterinary medicine. And I want to get the people that are doing animal abuse and neglect because there's a link between animal abuse and interpersonal violence so we want to make it the link it's called the link yeah literally so if i want to make you know again i have a kid so if i want to make it a safer place for my kid then i gotta do something about it so that's my way of of helping out you know i um i used to get criticized because uh everybody said all you do is lock people up all you do is lock people up we're talking some people need to be locked up I'm sorry. Right. Okay. Everybody's not going to make the boat to get rehabilitated. Okay. Um, you know, some people like, yeah, you need to be taken off the market. And uh, but one of the things, like you said, I had an extremely good team around me. And then um, I was just talking to one of my guys. Um, he's a supervisor now. And he's like, you know, we were just talking about, he was like, he, he likes my progression of when I left. And he's like, you're doing so much like that. I was like, I was doing it there, but just on a lower level. And I said, I said, I like what you're doing. So we run an animal um, um, animal control academy, okay? And it was passed on to me. I took it, added to it, and passed on to somebody else. Uh, academy is six to eight weeks, and it gets you in tune of what you need to do. It's um, a half day in class, doing whatever, and it's half day doing ride-alongs. So you get both sides of it, Okay. To police, it's all, I don't know, eight to 10 weeks in class. And when you graduate, then you go to FTO, you go on the street, okay? So I like to half class in the morning and afternoon, you go on the road. So you can see what I was talking about in real time, if that makes sense. You know what I'm saying? And uh, a lot of them like this. Yeah, we just had this call last night. Okay, 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 okay. And I put up, and I'm, because adult learners learn how, they learn from seeing, Um, Kids learn from seeing and hearing, and college students, they just hear you. And the thing is, diff- technology is different, so they like they can just get it. Okay, it's way different than you know when we's coming up. Um, but teaching the ACOs now is difficult because the laws are real difficult, you know, and uh, it's kind of hard to interpret. And I think um, you know it's, it's problems. I, I like things to be cut and clear so we can understand what to do and what not to do. You guys, you guys have that problem up in uh, Ohio. Sometimes we do, and you know the laws. I, when I was speaking with the prosecutor, we were talking about how the laws are kind of objective and not, or subjective and not objective. Okay. So th- you you can read it and you can interpret it in a lot of different ways. One of the things that she said was a good thing from that is that sometimes things are not black and white. There's a grayscale and that grayscale helps. Cause she said for the example that she, that she laid is that 32 degrees and lower is considered too cold for an animal to be outside. So right. then she's saying, well, if the, if the temperature is 33 degrees, is that okay? Well, it's not okay. Depending on the type of dog, if it's a small breed dog, if it's a dog with short hair, 
So the nice thing about it being somewhat of a grayscale is that it gives you the opportunity to, you know, to adjust based on, on the circumstances. So the same circumstance is not going to affect the same, the same way each, each victim. So when I, um, I don't know, I forgot what class it is. I go out there, was it a level one? I don't know. So I show pictures. I say, okay, what's wrong with this picture? And I show like four or five pictures and everything like that. It's plain to see dogs outside tethered, um, tethered to a tree. Uh, it is, um, no grass around it, stuff like that. It could have been there for a while, maybe not. There's no house for the animal to retreat for us uh, in climate weather. Uh, BCS is roughly a four, four slipping to a three, and the animal looks in decent health. What, when we go knock on the door, if somebody's home, it's like, well, he's an inside dog. Well, I, I know, but his ass is out now, okay? Yes. And, then, and then you have the like, no, 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 he's an inside dog. Well, I'm like, Again, I'm not Stevie Wonder, but I see his ass is outside right here, okay? So I'm like, I hear what you're saying, but the animal's out there, it has no shelter retreat. Or we just put him out there for a little while. If you're supervising, I get it. But if you're not, the animal can't be out there for an extended period of time, you know what I'm saying? So can I educate him? Absolutely, okay? Is this a, is this citable? Possibly, okay? But if I say, hey, you can't do this, and if you're gonna have to, you have to have whatever it means. I like doing that. Um, Dr. G, if you caught me like 17 years ago, I would have went off. I would have made it rain on their ass, okay? I'm like this. You'd be like this. I, I would have drove tickets for days like this, right? Now, I'm like, okay. And I don't mean to say use a dumbass, but use a dumbass, okay? Let me holler at you. And um, you know, some people just don't know. Right. And everybody is not a pet owner. Some people are a dog owner. There is a difference. Pet owners take the animals to what? The vet. They have the dog is named other than Blackie, Mackie, or Slacky. Okay. Um, they, you know, they, they, the dog comes in. They uh, play with the dog once or twice. They take the dog on a walk with a leash. Okay. And versus the pet owner, dog is isolated. It's not socialized, stays outside, uh, any type of weather. You know what I'm saying? There's a yep. difference. And I try to tell, you know, tell people all the time, I say, it's okay. And you want to educate or inform um, to meet irresponsible pet owners. And it should be a class. There should be something they should take online before they get an animal, why they get an animal, and maybe even after they don't see, you know, so I don't want another dog. Okay, okay. There needs to be something too. And this is one thing. I'm, so I'm doing a class right now on um, what's it called? Better news bad, right? So when you have to, as law enforcement, aka ACOs, have to give bad news, bad news better. Sorry, I had it wrong. Bad news better. When you have to talk to the owner or whomever and you have to give them bad news. Now that can be, a, the animal died, animal get hit by a car, uh, citation, they about to go to jail. How do you do that in a formal way without it going crazy? So that's the class I'm working on now. And um, I've been doing my research. I have my pad right here. Um, I, got, I got what, two weeks? two and a half weeks to finish this, it's not the easiest thing because people take news all types of way. You know what I'm saying? Um, and this what gets me. When they're in the wrong, they're in denial and they don't want to hear nothing. I'm like, you know you're wrong, right? I can't say that. I'm like, what is wrong with you? You know? But I have to like, okay, okay, okay. And then 
Say, okay, I hear what you're saying, but this. I hear what you're saying. And Doc, the ACOs, we get no love. ACIs, we get no love, no love, no love. And then I like uh, with vets and everything, with private practice, you guys get it bad because like this, Doc, you, you can't hook me up. The prices. Right. I don't got that, Doc. I don't, doc, you don't care about this. my dog, right? You don't care about my dog. You're letting my dog die. <laughs> no, you're letting your dog die, right? It's like, I'm here to meet you halfway. You have to meet me the oh, other Oh, no, no, way. no. They're like this. Okay, that's what you do, right? You you want to save my dog, right? You're like, what? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, no. And, and that's why there's so much compassion fatigue and why veterinary medicine has one of the highest suicide rates because- most veterinarians go into it because we love animals and we want to help. And, and there's a lot of empathy and sympathy. And then you get into it and you graduate from vet school. And I was say, I want to save the puppies and kittens. And then you go into a room and you say, okay, this is what it needs. And the person says, well, I can't do it. We got to put it down or I can't do it. I'm going to go home and let it die at home or whatever. And then it's like, what? Or they come in and say, I can't afford your prices. Like you were saying, and you're just going to let my dog die. And then what do you do with all that, right? Most, most people that go into this field are good people that have good emotions and they take all that in. And you can see 10 clients in a day and nine clients love you. And that one person that tears you down, that's the one that's going to mess up your day and it's going to mess up your night and it's probably going to mess up your week. And I have to say, I'm kind of lucky that I am somewhat detached. So I don't take mm. stuff personally, mm. right? Mm. So I have empathy. I care. I care about people. I care about animals. But I don't have that emotional issue that some people have. So, Doc, um, I, am, I, am a, I am a Sith Lord for one thing, okay? Um, you, you would see me, you like this. He he doesn't feel anything. <laughs> I, I have I have seen so many cases where I'm like that. I've been in so many, so many, so many, so many incidents, dogs, I mean, I mean, horses hit by cars. I mean, it guts. I, I, I'm, I'm like this. Like it takes me maybe about four seconds to process. And I'm like this. Okay. And I just work through it. But when you talk about the suicide rate in um, vet, uh, veterinarians. Uh, I met two, I met two, young guy at the University of Georgia, and um, he took, this is before, you know, they really cracked down on, um, you know, um, this um, blue or pink solution, youth at all, and um, he took some home, uh, so, so he went to a hotel and everything, you would think he was on top of the work, good looking guy, uh, a bachelor, just got out of school, good as that. And um, went to a hotel, hit the lactate ringers, put it in there, did an IV drip and everything, and went to sleep and never came back. And um, I've seen it twice. So um, I, I know what you're talking about, you know? And it, it, it's deep. It's deep. And uh, the compassion fatigue, you know, and we got, to, as a matter of fact, we got to talk talk. We got, I'm going to have you back on mine. We got to talk talk. Because... Um, <laughs> Uh, 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 it, it, it's like, I, I had the easy questions for you this time. Like, you know, what foods you like, like that next time you're on, it's a wrap go for the jugular. But, um, <laughs> you know, it's, it's some things out here. I agree to disagree. It's, um, it's a, it's a problem. It's a problem. 
with the number of animals that's walking around um, because it's to me, it's a supply and demand. When you have too much supply and no demand, there's a problem. You know what I'm saying? There's a huge problem. And I understand uh, everybody wants to low numbers, um, you know, the whole live release rate, stuff like that. But I always think about uh, length of stay. And I always mm -hmm. look at stereotypical condition because I see yeah. it. I right. see, you know, I see bike cases before they happen. I'm like this. He about to bite the fuck out of somebody, okay? I just keep walking. I'm like, because I don't want to take the report, okay? I'm like, I'm, I'm out. <laughs> but Doc, any shelters? Oh, it's bad. The number of animals in shelter is bad. It, it is. And again, you in Ohio. I don't know, you know, your demographic like that. The most dogs I've ever seen is is Texas. California probably got some dogs. Texas, I ain't never seen no, that many dogs in my life. In Georgia, we had dogs. In Texas, it's un, it's unreal. It's un, it's unreal. You well, know? and the and the resources available vary from one place to another. So I did a episode on behavioral euthanasia because okay. so many people are against it, right? Uh, for behavior and behavior is a disease. It's a disease of the mind. So having a dog that's really aggressive and just warehousing it because we can't, we can't fathom the idea of euthanizing a physically healthy animal just because it, it has behavioral problem. Over, what, what's the use in that, right? Putting it in a cage and letting it just be a prisoner for what? It, didn't, it committed no crime other than just having a mental health condition. So one, one of the places that actually I was today it's the Richland County Dog Pound or dog, dog Shelter. I don't want to call it a dog pound because they're not a dog pound anymore. They have come such a long way, but they have 102 dogs there right now. Mm -hmm. And about 70 dogs are available for adoption. And then the rest of them are still on hold. Now, they're amazing in that they have resources and they have a great group of trained employees that take these animals out. All the dogs go outside at least once in a day. So even some of those dogs have been there for months. There are some dogs that have been there since at least last October. They actually recently adopted a dog that has been there since last year. So we were all excited because my staff, you know, we're going there every month to do space and neuters and they're walking the halls and they're seeing all these dogs. Um, but there are other places that we go to that whether they are limited intake or not, they don't have the resources. They don't have the people to work with these dogs. And then the public starts you know, complaining about it. Like, well, why are you putting animals down for space or for whatever reason or for behavior? Well, because I have staff that I'm responsible for mm. that if these people get attacked, get mauled, get bit, that's mm. a problem. That's on me, right? If I adopt one of these dogs and it attacks a child, mm. a dog, a cat, whatever, that's on me. I'm responsible no matter what. And People need to understand that. And then that brings the, the whole idea of the compassion fatigue and everything else to these shelters that are trying to fight against the whole idea of, of no kill and, and you know, life release yeah. air and all that stuff. Doc, People are I, looking down on them, you right? Know, you, you, doc, Doc, we're we talking. Uh, I, I've seen the whole movement from 2012 to where it is now. It is not good. Um, I've I've toured so many facilities in these United States, okay, in the upper two. I just came back from Alaska and I've been to Hawaii doing 
Hawaii does a good job. They did a good job. Okay. I mean, as far as uh, the dogs and everything, they did really good. Alaska is Alaska. Uh, and no disrespect to my, I, I had a great time. When I tell you the amount of animals inside some of these shelters, unreal. And you can see them go, like you said, mentally, they don't even come to the cage anymore. You know what I'm saying? And I'm like this. Okay. I do a, a shelter safety course where I go out there and <laughs> I teach you what, what happens. Bites, mauls, deaths. Okay. In the shelters. Okay. And people are like, well, what do you do? Well, you should have put that dog down a long time ago. But nobody wants to hear that. You know, they're like this. No, there's a home for it. No, there's not. And the thing is, you know, it's like, well, you just don't care. No, I actually do care. The dog's going stir crazy and you're putting everybody at risk and then you're going to adopt out, foster, rescue the animal out that's a danger to itself and somebody else. And then, Doc, we talk, you know, woo, don't get me started. They drug up the dog and send him out the door. Tra uh, trauma dog, whatever. They drug these dogs up. They're like, so when the dog has an interaction, it's like the dog's like, Oh, he he's he's so friendly. He's a drug addict. Right. He's a he's a zombie. <laughs> he's like, you're rah, rah, rah. And then he gets home and it wears off. <laughs> Look at Cujo, you know? They're like, come get this dog. Come you like this. What? Well, what's wrong with him? You know, I'm like this. I get over there, dog's like this, bro. I'm good. You know what I'm saying? So I've seen this over the years. I investigated, we had to talk. Uh, I investigated four fatalities, okay? And, you know, it's no joke to see people dead because of a dog, okay? Kids ripped apart because of a dog. Could have been prevented? Don't know. We're going to find that out. But it doesn't make a difference because the person's dead now. And then you walk back ear over here, arm over here, finger over there. Half their head is missing. I'm like this. And the dog's like this. In a cage, wagging his tail like. You're like this. You're a good boy? He's like, I'm a great boy. Right? He's like, you want to go do it again? Yeah, I want to do it again. Right? What do you do with that? You know? And you have some people like, we, we, we can work with them. You can work with the dog just more four or five people. Killed 15 animals. They're like, yeah, we can work with them. We have a sanctuary for them. Well, go ahead. Go ahead. I'm, I'm no, yeah, no, 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 no. Because then medication, medication is a tool, right? It's not a cure. So animals that are aggressive, regardless of what condition it is, it, it's a tool. It helps. You have behavior modification. It helps. But if, if you are just, I mean, in, in my experience, a dog will go, get adopted. And will be on trazodone and gabapentin, right? To just calm him down. And it gets adopted. And the dog is behaving really well. And then what does the person say? Well, it doesn't need these medications. Look how good a dog he is. Well, he's a good dog because he's on all these medications. <laughs> and then not just the fact of weaning them off. Most people don't wean them off. Most people don't know how to wean them off. They just cut them off cold turkey. Mm -hmm. You cut anything off cold turkey it's gonna have serious problems. Oh, yeah. And then there's where the issue comes, comes about. I also, I have a close friend that had a dog 
and the dog was having some some issues, some biting problems. One pet peeve is trainers that put electric collars on dogs that have behavioral issues. So you have a dog that's scared, and then you're going to zap it every time that it behaves inappropriately, right? So then what does the dog learn? I'm scared, and I'm getting zapped. So you have that zapper, you're, you're not my friend. So my friend, not knowing any better, takes the dog somewhere to get trained. And these people put a zapper on this dog. So they took a dog that was scared and made him into a dog that was aggressive. Mm-hmm. So then they put the dog on trazodone. The dog is being okay. Has one episode where it bites one of the kids in the head for no reason. Okay, you know, maybe something happened or whatever. But then one day, this dog bit my friend in the face. Ditches, like all sorts of problems. And then they had to go in and put this dog down. So was there, was there a reason why this dog became aggressive? Yeah, it went to a trainer that was a shit trainer and put and, and basically used pain to try to control this dog. And it came back at them. However, the problem became, unfortunately, there's no bringing that dog back. And then they had to make that decision of putting the um, putting the dog down. And it was a very painful decision because you know, it's it's the family dog. They had the dog since it was a puppy, but you kind of have to make a decision that's right for the dog, and then a decision that's right for your family for your kids. You know, I, I've I've seen in um hell last two weeks, I've seen dog on dog attacks and dogs rip off its legs. It's usually Bigger to smaller dogs, okay? I didn't say breed. I said bigger to smaller dogs, okay? And I'm like, um, could have been avoided if the person was responsible and hold on to their damn dog, you know? Um, you, I, I, I would never understand the whole um, walking your dog without a leash thing. I don't understand. Dog parks, I get. But like, other than that, leash your dog. You know what I'm saying? And it's not a, with a retractable leash, please. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> right? get, get rid of that shit. Okay. And they're like, this fluffy come back. It is a crack. Right. And it's like three blocks away, <laughs> three blocks down. You know, <laughs> you know, doing this job, you, you we both see it. You're like this. Okay. Uh, to me, uh, I'm going to say you should have a license or permit to own a dog or an animal. Um, because every, so, um, we had, um, a, a Swedish, I think she's Sweden. She came over here to go to animal cruise school, um, LTI. And she was in level three. We was in St. Louis and I was out, I was out, I came back in and we was on break and everybody was kind of in an uproar because she said, they said, you've traveled over here for animal cruise. She said, yeah, they said, and one of my guys, Joe, a Joe, no, Joe Blankenship. He said, um, he's an animal trainer. He said, well, I don't understand why. He's like, well, we don't have animal cruelty in Sweden. Right? And they said, what? He's like, yeah. They was like, what do you mean? He's like this. And she was like, well, I don't want to say we're better than Americans, but we don't abuse our animals. We don't do it. Right? And everybody's like this. She's like, first of all, to have an animal over there, you're talking about fifteen dollars to $2,000. Okay? All types of rules. I mean, any type of breed. Okay? Huh. And um, the animal is microchipped, tagged and everything. There's no loose running dogs. And she says, so I came over here to understand what the fuck y'all talking about. That's what we call that, right? And everybody was like, is America that messed up? Yeah, it is. Okay, yeah. 
<laughs> don't get me wrong. I mean, you know, and I've never been to Sweden. I've been to Sweden. I don't speak German. But, um, you know, it's just, you know, the network, oh, I, I got one for you. Mm, no, I'm, I'm going to save that. I'm writing stuff down for next time. I got <laughs> something for you. Um, woo, yeah, I got something for you next time. We got to talk. This, <laughs> oh, I got some stuff for you on my show next time. We got to talk. Uh, I mean, that, yeah, I, I definitely want to have you back because this has been awesome, right? I like to to talk to people, like-minded people and learn yeah. from other people, right? Yeah. And and like you've said, if we disagree, we disagree and then we respectfully disagree and then we learn from each other yeah. and we may disagree and then realize that maybe the other one is right or we may, again, stay, stick with, with our side, but... You know, Doc, I tell you like this, uh, I've... I'm 56. So I've learned to like not be opinionated. Now, don't get me wrong. Some things I'm like, yeah, no. Nah. But I got to learn that most, still. <laughs> <laughs> some of them I got like, all their yeah. opinions. <laughs> like, yeah, no. Nah. Yeah, no. Nah. Okay. Yeah, no. Nah. Yeah, no. Nah. Okay. But um, most, I'm like this. All right, let me think about that. And don't get me I'm, I'll say in my 40s, I was like, okay. Now, even if I want to go with you, but I see your point and I actually see your point. I don't say it. I'm like this. I, I feel where you're coming from. You know what I'm saying? Um, you know, uh, um, I'm so laid back now. Again, I'm like this. Okay. I hate you. Like that. Uh, have you ever been to Canada? Yes. What, what part? Um, I've been to Toronto and I've been to Windsor um, and I, I can't I, I remember the other... Yeah. yeah, um my my son plays hockey. Okay. So we've been to to Canada to play hockey. Okay. So I went to uh, Vancouver. Okay. And uh I didn't know it was like uh like 75 or 73% Asian community. I had no idea. And if you if any of your speak if any of your followers like that, Vancouver very beautifully expensive. Okay. Had a great time went up there I think. They were so polite. Canadian people up there so friendly. So friendly. It, it was weird. I was like, this, this is ridiculous. Went into a, a restaurant where you need to have reservations. Okay. He's a one, he was a he was the only person he did everything. He cooked, he bartended, he made, he did everything. He was a one one uh, what's this that one stop pony or someone, one stop pony. Mm -hmm. And I was like this. And I starving, starving. And I was like, you know, I was like, please, sir, can I have a morsel? You know, like that. And um, he's like, I right, come on in, sat us down, and then I was like, this. I was like, appreciate. Gave us something like that. He's like, hey, I got lemon selections like that. I was like, okay, okay. The nicest people. I'm one of the nicest people I've ever seen. Directions down there, watching somewhere down there, watching the um the clock tower, gas town, the gas clock tower like that. People was like, if you looking around, like you need some help. Friendly people. Okay, I was just wow. I mean, the what it was. In the air, so clean. I was like, I was like, I was, I was like smelling air for the first time. I was like, oh my god, this is what air says, you know? Like, beautiful people, expensive. And um, I don't know how it is up. Do you have trains up in um, um, Ohio? Trains, trains, yeah. Mm -hmm. okay. So the train system and bus system just ran perfect. It was on time. I was like. I didn't understand it. I was like, you know, because I'm from New York, you know, he had like, you know, the, the conductor see you coming and put his finger up like this and just keeps going. <laughs> and you know? just goes. You know what I'm saying? I was like, I got it. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but, um, Closes the doors as you're trying to get in. 
<laughs> you're like, you're like, oh no. No, yeah. But you know, I'm like, okay. You know, a lot of people don't get out and see America and understand. Only thing I would say different, when you go to other countries, have your shots up and do not pet the animals because you do not know if they got rabies or not. A few, I mean, we talking, okay? And I'm like this. I say, hey, I don't know if it's like crazy. I don't know if it's angry. In America, you shouldn't die of rabies. You go outside America, you might. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I'm a big person opponent on vaccinations and rabies, stuff like that, even though in the South, you know, you have those um, inbred people. I'm not going to say them, um, Georgia. I'm not going to say uh, Alabama. I'm going to say uh, Mississippi. The inbreds, what is that? I'll just give them, I give them all. I go to the feed store and I give them my own. You're not a vet. A vegetarian? No, I'm not. No, a veterinarian. You know what I'm saying? Difference, difference. Do you see, um, do you have that up in Ohio where you have a lot of pushback on uh, people taking the animals to the vet at all? Yeah, sometimes. And, you know, you have, Tractor supply here is where people like the feed store, where people buy vaccines and stuff. And it's not legal for a non-veterinarian to administer a rabies vaccination. The rabies vaccinations that they're purchasing at tractor supply even says must be given under the direction of a licensed veterinarian. Mm -hmm. uh, but yet they can purchase it and then they don't understand why they can't give it. So at my practice, we require rabies vaccination to be up to date. Um, and if they don't have it, then we give it. So sometimes people will bring in, you know, and, and like a piece of paper with a little sticker and they're like, here you go. I gave it. No, that's not how it works. Like a veterinarian has to give it. Yeah. So, so yeah, we get, we get a little bit of that. Uh, also, even with the distemper vaccines, which so many people say, I got the 10 in one. There is no 10 in one, yo. Right. <laughs> there is no 10 in one. <laughs> Five and one, maybe. There is no 10 in one. Like anymore, it's like 12 and one, 12 and one, 15 and one. How many diseases do you think we can vaccinate your dog against? Right? That tells me how much you don't know what you're doing. <laughs> I got right? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. The 10 and one. <laughs> They're going to say a first and 10 after a while in football. <laughs> yeah, right. 10 and, yeah. First down. That's right. That was good. I, I'm going to use that one. <laughs> That was good. But but we see it. I mean, people will even write it in the back of the paper. Like, I give it a eight and one. It's a ten and one and stuff. It's like, no, you didn't. Like, and uh, let's say you did. Like, it's not protected. Like, we don't know where that vaccine's been. When you don't know how how it's been given. So, you know, but when you try to and again inform, not school or educate, you say December, Parvo, Lepsis, Perhaps, Wednesday. You you spell it out for them. They'd be like, right, like, and they don't and they don't get it right. <laughs> but but you know what? Most everybody know somebody that has had a dog with parvo right most people that are ignorant about vaccines as far as giving it themselves you tell them hey you know you should be it should be given by a veterinarian to prevent diseases like parvo all i know about parvo is because i had a dog that died of parvo and my cousin had a dog die of parvo and you know whole, their whole family has had a dog that died of parvo so people understand distemper somewhat they understand parvo they have no idea what lepto is uh, they um, think of lepto as something that they should not vaccinate a dog against because it gives them allergies. Or, li or Lyme, or Lyme. Right, Lyme disease. And we're seeing a lot of Lyme disease here in Ohio. Really? Um, yeah, there are some places that we go to that we test regularly. Uh, we do the, the heartworm test that has tick diseases and we get tons of Lyme. Uh, flu, it's like, yeah, my dog needs flu because it's going to get boarded. Like there, there's no there's no education as far as what the importance of the vaccine is. It's about the kennel requires it. So I'm here to get that vaccine because the kennel requires it. 
So oh. we had, when I was in Atlanta, and um, we had this uh, place called Yerkes, okay? Next to Emory's, like that, as a research lab, so like that, where you still test, you know, you test, uh, you know, animals. And um, it's a primate center. And um, it's, and everybody knows, if you listen to my podcast, I don't like big cats and I don't like primates. I can, I had a beaver last night, okay? I had to get a fucking beaver, okay? Those are vicious animals. I don't care what nobody says, okay? The tail looks like a, anyway, right? And it was in a, a window, uh, which call it window, um, uh, which call it, you know, like the- Like a windowsill? No, no, yeah, yeah, down there, down there, window something, right? Okay. okay. Um, so I was like, okay. Um, in your case, this um, person was working there. You have to be PPE up because uh, things can happen real quick. Because, you know, primates throw their poop, okay? Mm-hmm. He splashed some urine at, at her, and she didn't have her protective goggles on. She got in her eye. Now, this uh, this primate, I think it had herpes 23 something. I don't know what it was, okay? She was dead in five days. Oh, shit. And it's a research lab, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's We call it a C-burn down the CDC, okay? If one of them get out... You put fluffy, you put fluffy down. Okay, there's no like trying to get him back in stuff like that, right? And you have these research labs that have one off of Panthersville Road, um, right by my house. You didn't even know it was there, Doc. I did not know how smart these primates are. I don't understand it. I walked in there to get a um, um, a German Shepherd, and they said, "Come on back here. You know, let me show you this." I'm like, "Okay." I knew about the research lab. I didn't know it was that close to my house, my physical house. I walked back there and everything, and you seen um, uh, um, chimpanzees, right? They got muscles, right? I was like, okay, right? And they was doing all types of things and like that, you know, cognitive. You know, I was like, I was like, okay, smart. They had a orangutan on a a keyboard, but the keyboard was curved, so because it's his hands like that, it was typing symbols, <laughs> like you know, and it, it was like. It'll type a symbol and a word would come out and it was asking me, what's my name? It freaked me the fuck out, right? <laughs> it was like, hey, I'm like, monkey talking. I'm sorry, I, I don't want to say monkey. I said, it's, it's talking to me. He said, yeah, it asked you your name. I said, time out. I'm not, I'm not talking to you. <laughs> right? And I ran out, okay? I can't understand how smart some of these animals are. And a lot of people think, you know, these animals are, you know, like, you know, dumb animals. No, not by far, not by far, not by far. And um, it freaked me out. I never went back there, okay? And it, when I say half a click from my house, maybe a, a, a half a click from my house, I it, it spooked me because I, I always thought it was a planet of the apes, planet of the apes, planet of the apes. I'm like, but I saw a, 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 you know, a primate on a keyboard typing. Now it was symbols. It wasn't regular you know, words. It was symbols. And I was like, no way, you know? Um, up there, do you have issues with, um, oh, sorry, do you, have you ever worked with zoo animals, zoology, anything like that? Um, not with zoo animals, but I am a board member of a group called For the Love of Primates. And <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, so yeah, uh, note it. I'm writing it down that you don't like primates. Got it? No, 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 But the whole idea of it is that some people don't understand that these are not domestic animals, right? These are not animals that need to live with us. 
and they need to be with their own so that they can grow up and they can learn to understand their own language. They are smart and they can speak to each other and they need that, that interaction. When we raise them with people, they're not going to know how to, how to be monkeys, how to be primates. So that's one of the that's one of the goals of this group that that I'm a part of. I'm just the director of animal welfare, more for the for the side for for the sense of educating people and understanding, like being able to tell people why it's not okay, why it's not proper to to have these animals. Because then what will happen is people get the these tiny primates and they think it's cute and they put their little diaper on and then they take them out to different activities and they show them to the people. And then they mature and they don't know how to act because they're not a person. So they're not going to act like a person, but they have no idea how to act like a primate. And then they become aggressive. And then what? So then these animals need to have somewhere to go. So the group that I'm with is in the process of building a sanctuary for primates to be able to bring some of those primates and then give them a, give them a safe haven to, to live in. I uh, I just had on um, Guardians of the Wolves on uh, episode eighty, uh, and they do wolf dogs, and it's similar, very similar, and um, <clears throat> we call them hybrids. They educated me. I had a lot of questions because um, I've seen a few hybrids. They are they are different. They are really different, you know. And some states say you can give rabies. A lot of states says you can't give them rabies. You know, rabies shots. You know, mm-hmm. and I'm like. Um, the ones I've messed with, um, I would say they domesticated, but barely, you know. Um, I've seen something, they lanky, tall, mm-hmm. and their eyes on the side of their heads. They're not in front, you know. Yep. They're, they're predators. And I'm like, mm-hmm. okay. So when I was talking with the group and everything, and they did, uh, episode 80, it'll be out long time. But um, man, I was like, you know, and they, they, you know, they answer all my questions like that. And um, <clears throat> I'm trying to go see one up in Lowen County. It's not that far from me. She actually has, you know, like a wolf dog. And I'm um, supposed to be like, you know, cool. I'm like, okay, if I, if I, if I don't return, you know, things didn't go right. But, um, you know, I'm hoping we have a good experience, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And we have, we have treated some, uh, we can give vaccines, we can give them rabies, okay. but it doesn't count. Right. So if the uh, so if they bite someone, you can't say, well, it's vaccinated. The it's because the the vaccine is not labeled for them, but they can be vaccinated, and it's recommended to vaccinate them because the vaccine is believed to to be effective in right. them. But but yeah, I mean, uh, us humans need to really learn how to respect wildlife and and leave wild wild, right? I got none, <laughs> I got none for you. I got none for you. okay. I don't go. Do you go to circuses? I don't go to circuses. I don't. No, nope. I haven't. I haven't since I was little. Yep. Same thing. Uh, last yeah. circus I went to was uh, Madison Square Garden um, in 1980, 1986. Yeah. I, I, I don't I, even I, remember I when I went. Yeah. yeah and, it, and yeah, I was really young and and it's not and it's not fun. It's not enjoyable to see it. It's, you know, there, there are circuses that have no animals like Cirque du Soleil. Yeah. I went to a Cirque du Soleil, uh, the uh, Michael Jackson Cirque du Soleil yeah, yeah, in, yeah, yeah. in Vegas. Yeah. That's exciting as heck, right? Right. And there's no animals being abused in the process. So, right. you know, yeah. I, I, I've, I've seen um, elephants up close. I've seen them afar. Uh, I've seen um, 
Bengal tigers. I've seen white tigers. I've seen um, the bank bank color. Uh, I didn't know how big a tiger was until I saw it. Uh, and I seen a lion. Uh, I had seen two females. Tigers are incredibly huge. I, I didn't know that. I was like, you know, I'm 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 not a big cat. Jack had that shit. Jack had that shit. Okay. Um, I'll get a savanna, uh, 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 um, ocelot, and what's the other one? Uh, um, what's the other one? It's it's like three. Uh, um, savanna cat, ocelot, and something else. Serval. Um, uh, yeah, yeah. I, I'll I'll mess with those. I'll mess with those. But other than that, yeah, I can have that. Doc, doc no, some of those cats is no joke. It's like it's oh, like yeah. it's, you know, it's like messing with a a, a savanna, a monitor, a Nile monitor. Some, some of those lizards are huge, you know. And I'm like, you know, they're like and they hiss at you. you know, I'm like, you know, it's, it's, it's like it's a baby Godzilla, you know. I'm like, no, right. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> Well, no, and I, I so appreciate you being here. How about you let people know how they can listen to your oh. to your podcast? All right, guys. Uh, so don't fuck up the crime scene. You can always reach us at um, actually don't fuck up the crime scene. Uh, we're on Spotify, we're on uh, Apple Podcasts, and if you if you wish to want to see me and what I'm about and everything, it's k d h e a r s t dot com. That's k d. My last name's Hurst. H e a r s t and uh dot com you can reach me and see everything go to the store buy something like that we're good to go all right well thanks so much i'm sure that we will talk soon and, thank you and anybody listening thank you so much for hanging out and thank you for caring talk to you later yeah.